You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. Welcome back to The Bill Bennett Podcast. I'm Claude Jennings. And coming up on today's mini episode, Bill's going to share his thoughts on the news of the day. And we're going to get to some emails. You can email at BillBennettPodcast at gmail.com. Try my best to respond to as many as I can. And so does Dr. Bennett. And we try to read as many as we can on the show. And I know I always say that we'll get better at it and we'll read more on the show. But I promise you we're trying. And so we've got some emails today. And we'll do some more emails uh, next week as well. All right. Here's Dr. Bennett. Elon Musk. Uh, you know, the rocket man, Tesla, other things. He's been talking about artificial intelligence. He's worried about it. Last night, he recounted a chilling, really chilling conversation between him and Larry Page. Larry Page is the founder of Google, and he's some kind of genius, okay? So they used to have these late-night discussions in Silicon Valley early on. There'd be five or six people in the room and these smart people around Stanford and Silicon Valley and Google and all that would have these conversations. So Elon Musk raised the problem of the danger of artificial intelligence. And he said to Larry Page, heck, this thing could take over. Now, last night, Claude, I was on uh, Brett Baer show. I think you saw me. Yes. And I recalled a 2001 Space Odyssey movie. Uh, You're too young for it. But in the movie, the commander says to Hal, the computer, Hal, open the pod. Pod was not a podcast. It was an escape thing. (laughs) Hal, open the pod. And one of the most chilling lines in movie and movie history, maybe in history, Hal says, after a pause, I'm afraid I can't do that, Dave. So the computer takes on a mind of its own. Mm -hmm. Now, this is Frankenstein. This is all sorts of, you know, stories that happen. Some people worry, this is probably more like my worry, that AI, artificial intelligence, will become the tool of a government. And will be used to just instantly banish dissenting voices or phrases or points of view politically. But back to Larry Page and Elon Musk. Musk raises the possibility that artificial intelligence will take over the world and run human beings out of the world. What was that Will Smith movie? I, Robot, right? Mm -hmm. Right, I, Robot. Okay. Okay. To which Larry Page, the inventor of Google, says to Elon Musk at one of these late dinners, well, that's just speciesism. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) That's just preferring human beings to other forms of intelligent life. Wow. So Larry Page goes on to say, if AI takes over, it just may mean a evolution into a higher form of intelligent life, digital life. Wow. The end of mankind. Greeted by Larry Page, the inventor of Google, as, you know, okay. And they have this debate. I just found this 
kind of horrifying. And it's horrifying, you know, it's not some yokel saying this. Mm-hmm. It's the guy who gave us Google. Who doesn't use Google now, you know? Right. And this is believed by a lot of people. So be careful. Don't be guilty of speciesism. That's yeah. what I've been thinking about. That's what I've been worrying about. The other thing is, um, art, well, artificial intelligence is used in this context, too, uh, to teach reading. Reading, reading, reading. I'm getting besieged with requests to talk about reading. Uh, reading was, you know, one of my priorities when I was secretary of education. Uh, I said, if, you know, we do nothing else but teach kids how to read fluently and with interest by third grade, we will have saved their lives. And boy, there's more and more evidence of that. Ability to read predicts kids' success in life better than family background, income. It's a big deal. And we dropped during COVID. And we weren't too damn high before COVID. So reading, reading, reading. Um, There is a way to do it, a way to do it right, uh, and um, a way to do it wrong. Uh, You got to do, have to sound it out. And you do have to look at some words that don't sound out. It's long and it's complicated. There's something called the science of reading, which is in some ways a loosely associated set of ideas or principles for teaching reading. But the point is you got to teach reading. If you teach nothing else in those first three or four years, kindergarten, if you count four through third grade, teach reading. Let's hear what the listeners have to say. Absolutely. Uh, this is coming from Brian Reagan in uh, Reagan, excuse me, in Raleigh, North Carolina. It says, "Hi, Bill. I'm a con- uh, consistent listener since Morning in America, the radio show." He says, "I enjoy your common sense take on issues of the day. I especially look forward to scholars, the Scholars and Sense episodes. Uh, yeah, those sure. are the episodes you do with Conrad Black and Victor Davis Hanson. Uh, consider adding Larry Arn to the group." Um, combined with Victor, the historical context provided uh, to the wise perspective of you and Conrad Black might further edify the listeners. Blessings to you, Mrs. Bennett, and the family. Keep doing what you're doing. Oh, I mean, yes. Yeah. I'll keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> but I'm not going to add Larry Arn. Right. <laughs> I know Larry Arn. I love Larry Arn. He's President of Hillsdale. Uh-huh. But if we let add Larry on two things, one, I will never get to speak. You fight for some time now as it is. <laughs> yes. And two, the podcast will never end. <laughs> I mean, all three of these guys are long winded. They are great and brilliant. Yes. But no, we can't add anybody more. I can bear. You're right. I can. I'm a, I'm a Budinsky guy. I, I mean, I butt in and I yeah. usually, you know, like to, my wife says, you, you know, you like to control a dinner table conversation, whether there's two of us, four of us, or 12 of us. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have that luck on that podcast. But. Well, well, the previous episode, this most recent episode at the end, you know, you kind of, you know, strong armed your way into the last comment. You said normally Conrad takes it, but I'm going to do it and. There's no points after this one, and you made the final point, but yeah. you had to do it. Yeah, I don't know if I contribute with the same mental acuity as those guys, but I think so. It's my baseball, it's my bat. So. Right. <laughs> Thank you anyway, Brian. Is it Brian? Yes, yes, sir. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for listening.
we've got uh, uh, Judge David uh, Dugan uh, emailing in from Tennessee. I says, Bill and Claude, I've been listening, uh, but it's been a while since I've emailed. As always, thank you for your show and your superb analysis. In a recent podcast, I believe it was with John Hinderocker, Are We Seeing the End of American Civilization? You raised what has been, uh, for me, a fascinating question. Why has all of this madness in America unfolded so quickly? I've often said to people uh, I talk with that what shocks me even more than the substance of what's happening in America is how rapidly it has all happened. Yeah, that's right, Judge Dugan. Judge Dugan, is that right? Yes. Uh, It's happened quickly. It's happened really in the last uh, two and a half years, two and a quarter years. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden, look at the economy, look at inflation, look at the border, look at foreign policy. Look at crime, look at fentanyl deaths, look at everything. Uh, and and you'll see the world turned upside down. I mean, Joe Biden has turned po- Trump policy upside down. Now, you may like Trump, you may not like Trump, but he ran a pretty decent country. I mean, you got to give it to him on employment, record highs, employment for women, for minorities, income levels up, inflation low, barely existing. The border was secure, crime going down, education starting to improve a little bit. We had the warp speed attack on COVID. Fentanyl was not killing, well, it was killing a lot of people, but not quite as many as today. Uh, I mean, it just, yes, confidence in our institutions. I was talking to a friend that just said, all these institutions I won't say the word he used, but they're, they're, they're in decline. Schools, churches, confidence in government, even the military, media. You know, where are people supposed to put their confidence? So that's my worry. And, and this is as palpable and live a worry as I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. Well, you went on to mention uh, yeah, in a podcast he heard with um, uh, Mark Berline and Mary Eberstadt, uh, that Mary Eberstadt had mentioned a comment saying uh, men are at war with God and attributes that to the quick decline um, as well, that we're not just on slippery slopes, jumping yeah. off cliffs. Yeah, well, you know, I neglected that. Thank you for reminding me you're, you're, a, you're a better Christian than I am. Oh, no, uh, no, no. No, no, in word and deed and memory, and, and you're right. I'm glad to see this new website. What's it called? Hallow? Check it out. Yeah, uh, this guy wakes up, this woman says, what do you say we start the day with the Lord's Prayer? And she blesses herself, you know, in bed, and then says the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. It's called Hallow. Yeah, it's an app, too. Find God's peace in prayer. Pray with yeah. millions around the world along with, yeah, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, a lot of people on here. Number Mark one Wahlberg. prayer app in the world is what they call it. Okay, good. All right. Glad to hear it's out there. Yeah, check that out. Uh, okay, we've got another email from our friend Bert. Uh, now, this is in response to an email that we read on a previous show from Agnes. Uh, it says, uh, and it's about the abortion question. Uh, it says, the Dems are winning on abortion because they are characterizing the uh, conservative position as no abortions at uh, any time. The Republicans can take the issue away from them by a Republican legislature passing 15-week bans, except where uh, the life, not health, of the mother is in danger. Why not push for more? because we still need to convince independent voters that abortion is a state issue. After we win that fight and then taking uh, the politics of 
that state into account, we can reduce the number of weeks. We still need to convince independent voters to move further to the right on life. I says we got the average U.S. voter to move from abortion during all nine months to 15 weeks. We just need to continue to persuade instead of dictate. Is that where the middle is, Claude, as you recall? 15 weeks is what, four months? So it's into the second trimester. I think that's right. I think most Americans are saying, you know, not after the first trimester or not long after the first trimester. Mm -hmm. So that would be 15 weeks. Uh, Yes, I think that's an accurate depiction of where we are. And yes, I think that Republicans, conservatives, have been a little flat-footed on this, on their response. And the left has been energized. And they have gone around saying they're taking this away, they're taking it away. Not realizing or not saying or not admitting that it's uh, up to the states. Now, I have a question back to, is it Bert? Yes, Bert Bregman. DeSantis uh, just signed, uh, the Florida legislature passed, and he signed a bill prohibiting abortion after six weeks. Uh, Excuse the expression, that's not the sweet spot. That's not where most Americans are, apparently. They're closer to the 15 weeks. What do you think of that? And what do you think that does to his nomination prospects in the Republican Party. Does it help? I don't know. You Great tell question. me. Bert went on to uh switch topics to the election of Boy, the Boy, they always go on, don't they? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we love and Bert it. goes on. And Bert goes on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> to Just the like election. Bill. Well if Bill <laughs> can go on, Bert could go on. Yeah. And we Agnes could add Bert to scholars on. and cents. And then and Brian can go on. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh the election of the leftist Chicago mayor. I says the election was about turnout. The teachers union got out the vote. 33% turnout is low for a race that should have been about personal safety. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually saw a video about some news story in Chicago where there were a bunch of like kids running through the streets, breaking windows and hitting cars and eating up people, Mm -hmm. breaking into stuff on the magnificent mile in Chicago. Um, Oh, it was ugly. And I, you know, at one point I kind of a chilling sentence. Well, there were too many people. The way outnumbered the cops. The cops had to pull back. What the hell does that mean? Mm-hmm. Pull back. Civilization pulls back from the tide. Well, if a cop does anything and someone gets hurt, then next thing you know, it will be cops targeting people. Yeah. And- now, uh, the union did turn out uh, the vote and got this guy who's apparently to the left of Lori Lightfoot, the former mayor or the present mayor, uh, former mayor. And, uh, yeah, he he was not, no obloquy from him, no strong condemnation of these kids. He said, you know, it'd be better if it didn't happen. It's a shame and people should be prosecuted. But, you know, let's not, let's not blame the kids. Well, maybe it's time to blame the kids. Mm-hmm. Time to blame their parents, too. Or time to blame the fathers who fathered them and didn't show up. Mm-hmm. To raise them. Is that okay to say? I mean, you know, you don't hear it very much, but I think it needs to be said. I'd like to take a picture of that crowd and see how many of those kids raised in hell had fathers at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, if your kid did that and you saw him in a video. Oh, goodness. I don't know what your punishment would be, but I imagine it would be something. Very severe. 
imagine you'd take that Ricky Fowler golf ball away. To say the least. To say, <laughs> to the, say the, least. the least. And essentially, I used to blame the kids, blame the parents. Um, I wonder if if the if the mayor or the politicians there in Chicago want to blame themselves. I wonder. I mean, yeah, but how many yeah. years have they been, you know, uh, elected and in charge there? In, in that, in that no, city? I know, I know. But the only reason I'm reacting to to that is that's the end of the line. Yeah, no, you're no, you're you're 100 right. You're 100 right. Yeah, you know, I was drugs are. My first trip was to Detroit. It was like the day after I was sworn in. I met the chief of police, and I went up there because that was the worst drug problem in the country. That that right then, of course, on that very day, Detroit gave up that title to D.C. So it was ironic. I left D.C. to go to Detroit to talk to the worst place. And I left. It was the worst place. Spent a couple of days up there touring and talking to him, talking to people. Talked to a judge. I'll never forget it. The judge says, well, here I am. He said, I try to mete out justice. He said, but Mr. Bennett, I'm the end of the line. So I say to these kids, didn't anyone ever teach you the difference between right and wrong? That you got to keep your hands off other people's property and you know, you can't go around hitting people and stabbing people. He said, kid looks me square in the eye and says, no, sir. He said, you know what, Mr. Ben, I believe him. Mm-hmm. That's a sad thing. I believe him. Mm-hmm. It's from the end of the line. So I see your point. You know, what are they doing? And they could teach a very valuable lesson. Okay, you're all going to jail. But it's late. It's late, and I don't know what they learn in jail. Right, right. Better to get this stuff early. That means home. That means family. And that's another institution that's you know in serious trouble. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. We've got another email from our friend, Don Ugliano. God, so, is there any end of these emails? Well, no, I don't. <laughs> is there any end of Don's email? Well, no. I mean, and we don't want Don or anyone else to stop sending them. By the way, you can send no, them to podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so Don says, uh, Bill and Claude, the bad news uh, just keeps on keeping on. I woke up worrying that Biden's trip to Ireland would cause the troubles to resume because everything he touches turns to draws. He says, but the uh, thing that stood out to me uh, most was not the leakage of confidential documents or the revelation that the FBI was planning on targeting Catholics or the whitewashing of the Afghan withdrawal debacle or China practicing invading Taiwan. No, the thing that stands out is that Biden took his uh, his son, Hunter, with him on the trip to Ireland. Hunter, who has been under investigation for the past four years. Hunter, whose computer revealed the corruption of his dad and family. This was a giant middle finger to Republicans, the system uh, of justice, and to the country. And then he says, I know you'll disagree, Bill, and maybe you also, Claude, but the Republicans must impeach this man. I know he won't be convicted, but Biden's crimes and his violation of constitutional and societal norms must be documented and demonstrated. Uh, he says the media will not be able to ignore this uh, and will attempt to defend him. So be it. God help us. Oh, no, I, I'm not ignoring that. In fact, I was getting a headache as we were reading it. I mean, you know, China, you know, the whitewashing of Afghanistan, you know, uh, the ridiculous trip to Ireland. What did he refer to a rugby team as the black and tan? Yeah. The black and tans was this group of British paramilitary group that was brutal to the Irish uprising, right? Yeah, he mixes up um, uh, all black rugby squad with the black and tan military force. He referred to New Zealand's rugby team as uh, the black and tans. 
And the Black and Tans was this, uh, you know. Historic, yeah, British occupying force in Ireland. Yep. Yeah, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a mess playing the Irish thing. I mean, what the hell is he doing there? All this trouble around the world. Uh, you know, I, go ahead and impeach him. Uh, the only thing I radically disagree with Don is the media will not ignore it, but they will, you know, tut tut it. They will say, Pathetic Republicans trying to impeach a duly elected president because they disagree with them. They, they just like they did to these New York hearings. They'll just say it's you know pathetic the way this party behaves. They won't take it seriously. Is my point. They won't say, "Boy, these charges are serious." I mean, they are totally in the pocket here of the Democrat Party, and boy, that is a major blow to America. Not to have you know a difference of opinion in the press major blow yeah well continue sending emails uh bill bennett podcast at gmail.com and as we do uh, you know many episodes uh we'll try to read more emails um and and share thoughts and uh, opinions on what you bring up thank you everybody thank you claude you're listening to the bill bennett show 